0: What does it take to be a man? Chapter one, I call it courage. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important. Ambrose Redmoon. It lasted only 20 seconds, but in that short period of time, Gene Red Irwin embodied the courage of an ancient warrior. Gene, called Red by his buddies because of his wavy auburn hair, was part of an 11-man crew on board the city of Los Angeles, a B-29 superfortress. On April 12, 1945, their plane was part of a bombing raid on a Japanese chemical plant in Koryama, One of Red's jobs was to launch white phosphorus smoke bombs to help the other planes on the raid draw a bead on and follow the city of Los Angeles, the lead bomber on the mission. Red, I need you to prep the signal flares. Yes, sir. This was Red's 18th mission, so he knew the drill, open the chute, pull the pin, and release the canister. Eight seconds later, the bomb would ignite when it was well clear of the aircraft. But not this time. Sir, I think we're jammed! Ah. For some unknown reason, the first smoke bomb exploded in the drop chute, caroming back into the hull, back into Red's face white hot phosphorus, burning at 1300 degrees, blasted smoke throughout the cabin and raised torturous havoc on Red's eyes and skin. Red was literally on fire and the entire crew was in danger. The smoke bomb itself was eating through the metal of the bulkhead where the real bombs were stored. There were two options. Watch the fire spread to the other munitions in the bomb bay, or crash into the ocean before everything totally blew up. Or maybe there was a third alternative, if a man had the courage. Grabbing the white hot canister in his right hand, Red Irwin stumbled to the front of the aircraft, weaving blindly by instinct toward the cockpit window. Suddenly, he collided with a navigator's table that blocked his path to the cockpit. Still afire, he wedged the bomb between his forearm and ribcage, grappling with the spring latch on the table that required both hands to release and lift it. With a last surge of energy, Red scrambled into the cockpit and flung the glowing fireball through an open portal and out into the waiting waters of the Pacific. And Then he collapsed in a sizzling heap. By the time the smoke subsided enough for the cockpit panel to become readable again, the instruments confirmed that the plane was a mere 300 feet above the ocean's surface. A few more seconds, and any attempt to pull out of the nosedive would have been too late. Every man on board was saved, but Red Irwin's life hung by a thread. A month after the accident, his body was still smoldering. The phosphorus reigniting from oxygen exposure, each time doctors scraped another embedded fleck from his skin. He spent a solid year with his eyes sewn shut and endured more than 40 surgeries. Even with a Congressional Medal of Honor hanging around his neck, he would always bear the limitations of a body seared by unimaginable heat. Yet Red Irwin would live to father four children and hold seven grandchildren in his lap. He would also coach little league teams, follow Alabama Crimson Tide football, go to church on Sundays, and retire from a long career with the Veterans Administration. I've always loved stories about courage. My favorites are those about men who executed the impossible on a dangerous battlefield or accomplished great things despite obstacles and indescribable hardship. Men who did their duty under fire. I believe there's something in the chest of a man that responds in a unique way to stories of courage. There's a piece of every man's heart that longs to be courageous to be bold and gutsy, and etch a masculine mark of bravery on the human landscape. In our hearts, we know that a part of the core of true manhood is courage. But many men don't realize that although most of us have not fought on a grisly, smoke-filled battlefield, all of us face battles in life that demand courage. When you read books or watch documentaries about men who, like Red Irwin, were presented the highest award a soldier can receive, the Congressional Medal of Honor, you notice that the phrase most often repeated by these decorated warriors is, I was just doing my duty. They don't consider themselves heroes. They just did their duty in the face of danger. They were scared, but they acted anyway. World War I flying ace, Eddie Rickenbacker, said this, Courage is doing what you're afraid to do. There can be no courage unless you're scared. Real courage is doing your duty under fire. And we all face situations throughout our lives that require that type of courage. Valor at home, protecting our wives and children, moral courage in the marketplace— Becoming the men God created us to be despite whatever pressures we face in the world. It's never too late to step up, even when that means, especially when that means, facing our own failures and setting things right with the ones we've wounded. No one knows this better than Michael. Married less than 18 months, Michael was already cheating on his wife. He hadn't held high expectations when he and Angela married. He only hoped their marriage would last longer than his parents had, which was seven years. But he was on course to break that record in a bad way. Michael knew his life was a wreck, so he decided that suicide was the way out, only he couldn't go through with it. He went to a bridge and to the railing But looking at the swirling waters below, he changed his mind and went home. But his heart hadn't changed. Soon after his near-suicide attempt, Michael announced he was going to leave. I told Angela that I didn't want to have anything to do with her or our marriage, he said. I just really wanted to end it. Michael moved out, and the next time Angela saw him was when they met at the courthouse to file divorce papers. They discovered that a paper was missing, so they didn't file for divorce that day. And then, instead of continuing with divorce proceedings, Michael started visiting his wife at the apartment. Angela said, we talked a lot, and he shared more of what he was feeling. Michael ended the affair. Angela forgave him. They gave their marriage another try. They even moved to another city to begin a new life together. Angela was confident that her husband's infidelity would never happen again. Sadly, she was wrong. Angela was six months pregnant when Michael confessed his second affair in two years. It had been going on for four months. He said again that he wanted a divorce and that she should go live with her mom and dad. A month or so after Angela and Michael had separated for a second time, Angela's mother heard a radio advertisement for Family Life's Weekend to Remember Marriage Getaways and offered to send Michael and Angela. At first, Michael said he didn't want to attend. The divorce papers had already been completed. He just wasn't interested. But a few days later, after seeing the ultrasound pictures of their baby girl, Michael agreed to give it a try. The realities of fatherhood awakened something in him, calling him to stay rather than run. At the conference, the walls came down for Michael. He had allowed pent-up resentment to form a barrier between himself and his wife. I didn't understand a lot of what God's purpose was for my life, he said, and I definitely couldn't understand what God's love meant. When the speakers discuss the difference that Christ can make in a person's life, Michael recalls, For the first time, I decided to trust Jesus Christ with my life and my marriage. Michael began taking steps of courage, one after another. On the Saturday night of the conference weekend, he called Angela's parents and apologized for the poor decisions he had made and for what he had put them through. Then, several months later, And after an intense rebuilding of trust, he and Angela renewed their wedding vows. Sometimes it takes courage to do what's right. Red Irwin's and Michael's stories are about courage. Both men stepped up. Red's bravery might be more obvious and celebrated, but Michael's is no less heroic. Despite his failures, Michael owned his responsibility and rescued his marriage. Asking forgiveness and becoming a responsible husband and father was a brave, bold step, and it worked. In the pages that follow, I'm going to give you a very simple, yet powerful vision for what it means to be a man all the way to the finish line. I'm gonna challenge you with the critical decisions that every man must make during five distinct stages or steps of manhood. For those of you who are stuck on one of the lower steps, I'll share practical ways you can get unstuck and step up to the next level. And I'll talk about what every boy and every young man needs from a dad, A grandfather, an uncle, a brother, or an older man? I'm even going to talk about a sensitive subject for some of you—how a man is designed to relate to God. Be prepared for some conflicting thoughts and emotions as you wade through this book. A friend who read an early version of this manuscript wrote to tell me that reading it, he said— forced me to walk down four parallel paths all at the same time. The first path, he said, involved looking at his own life and his father's interactions with him. On the second path, he thought about the man I was, the man I am, and the man I hope to be one day. The third path required examining his relationship with God. He realized where he fell short but was reminded of God's love and his forgiveness. The fourth path, he said, was the most important for him. It meant looking at the legacy he would leave behind. What will my children say about me, my life, my purpose, and my relationship with God? The question is, am I living for me, money, or God? Do I really put him first, or is that just religious talk? He realized he was living too much for himself, and he said he was grateful to learn the lesson before it was too late. You might find yourself digesting this book in much the same way. You will think about your own childhood, about your father, about the good and the not so good choices you've made over your lifetime. My hope is that by the time you finish, you'll be encouraged to step up and be the man on your battlefield. But you may not have as much time to prepare as you think. Your battle could be right around the corner.